0: hi and welcome to elevate potential i'm so glad that you're here this is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns embrace passion and elevate potential my name is elizabeth perry and as a lifelong student of psychology personal development and human potential as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach i will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey let's dive in
1: in a lot of ways i like to define trauma as Too much stimulation and too many things that our body is focused on fighting off or dealing with that takes us into fight or flight for too long.
0: Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. Today, I am so excited to host one of my close friends, but also one of the people who really helped facilitate my healing journey. I met Kate right when I was starting my new job and really in this transitionary phase, going from burnout to trying to heal some of my old patterns and also just step into this new life that was calling me. And Kate was such a partner through that. A little bit of formal bio from Kate. She is a brain-based business advisor who helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners land corporate clients to expand their income and impact. Her personal mission is to elevate the health of humanity by equipping experts, thought leaders, and change agents with mindset strategies needed to win big clients and create life-changing impact. She leverages science, soul, and strategy to help support her clients in building their dream businesses, but most importantly, in living a life that's truly limitless. She is also the co-host of Rewire the Podcast, which you should definitely check out, where she and her guests have inspiring conversations on how to unlock their limitlessness in health, wealth, and life all rooted in the latest neuroscience. I am so excited to be hosting you, Kate. This is so long overdue. Welcome.
1: Oh my gosh, Elizabeth. I am so excited to be here. And I couldn't help but feel tears coming to my eyes when you were talking about just like when we first met and some really deep conversations. It instantly took me back to that hike you and I did in Sedona, which was technically the first time we even met in person. And I just remember like right away feeling so at ease near you and just feeling like we had known each other for so long, even though we hadn't at all at that point. And I'm just really grateful for you and really honored to be here today.
0: Yeah, I thank you. I, I agree. I'm so grateful to be here. And I think the way that we met was so unique because formally we were coworkers, But then we just like randomly decided to meet up in Sedona and go for a hike and talk about life. And I just feel like that's who you are and who I am. And we met not by happenstance, but definitely it was in the cards. And the first time that we really got to spend time together through our trainings with the company, every single time that we talked, it was, it had, for me, I had to go back and reflect or go read a book or go listen to a podcast afterwards, because so many things that you said were exactly what I needed to hear in the moment. And I think that is just a really remarkable gift. So Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's such a beautiful reflection. I would love to just start off our episode today with a little bit of your story. When you shared it with me, it was so impactful. Just the story of you finding your passion for health and wellness, but also stepping into this new limitless potential and limitless life. And so I'd love for you to just give everyone here a little bit of background on how you came to be passionate about health and wellness and what that journey looked like for you.
1: Oh my goodness. I love answering this question. So my probably love and passion for health and wellness really began probably when I was like two or three years old. I started dancing and figure skating competitively, dance at the age of two, figure skating at the age of five and a half. And so I don't really have memories of life without those parts of my life. And so movement for me It was mainly dance and figure skating, but then when I got to high school, I did cheerleading for a while and I was in the musicals as a dancer. I started tapping into yoga. And so movement was always like the kind of the entry point and the catalyst for me to really just feel connected to my body. Mm. And food, which when you think about historically health and wellness, it's like for the longest time exercise and movement and food and nutrition were like the easiest ways to access health for someone. At least for me, that's where I tapped into that. And so along with being a dancer and a figure skater, you obviously need to be really strong and have a lot of energy to lift yourself off the ground and do spins and land on a blade. And so I was always really into healthy eating. And I think a lot of that stemmed from not only being in those sports, but my dad who's very health minded as a result of his mom, my grandmother, who's no longer alive, but she would always say you are what you eat and food is medicine. And so I think it just carried on through the generations and just, yeah, like food and movement. And then it really wasn't until fast forward, gosh, like over 20 years and I was living and working in a really masculine dominated world. I was living in downtown Chicago. I was working in the financial services sector on the sales side as a consultant and and salesperson for one of the largest banks in the nation, working with really high-level clients at a really young age, like early to mid-20s. I finally, for the first time, through a pretty intense health crisis, realized that health was so much bigger than what I put in my mouth and in my body via food and how much I exercised or how much I moved my body. And sure, I did yoga and things like that and breathing, but it wasn't at the level that I now approach those things, right? It was more for the physical benefits, not necessarily the mental and the spiritual and the emotional benefits. And so I had a panic attack one day when I was, this was back in 2016 in the summertime, just total perfect storm of my nervous system had been overstimulated for far too long that something had to give. And so any symptom, I always say like feelings are just information, symptoms you're having are just your body's way of beautifully trying to tell you that you need to stop doing something, you need to slow down, or maybe you need more of something, or maybe it's a combination of those things. And so my body was like trying to scream at me to get (laughs) my attention. And that came via... Panic attack and those panic attacks actually continued to happen every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Because once you learn a little bit about the HPA axis in the body and how our adrenal glands secrete stress hormones, my physical like organs and systems in my body were just in overdrive. And so, in a lot of ways, it wasn't necessarily something that I was thinking about directly making me anxious. It was just that my body and my system was so out of whack and just right. dysregulated. And so that was really anytime you have these symptoms that kind of get in the way of you just living life how you're normally used to living, one of the best ways to bring bring attention to it and try to solve and really get to the root of maybe what's causing it. And so I started doing a lot of work with functional medicine doctors and doing a lot of alternative healing because I've always been drawn to that space and I've seen the power of it with family members and different people in my lives when they've had things going on health-wise. But so much of that journey really was more on the deeper spiritual, the deeper trauma healing, which that word I know can feel really heavy and intense for people. And we all have trauma, right? Whether it's micro traumas that build up over time, or there's these bigger life traumatic events that happen. And so it was a lot of inner child work, brain rewiring, nervous system regulation, just doing lots of different healing modalities. Like I was up at that point to try anything and everything to heal my body. And so looking back on it, it's to me so much of the health and wellness equation really does come from trapped emotions and just potentially getting too disconnected from our spiritual purpose and that spiritual intention. And I've learned firsthand, like how important it is to balance the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the financial, all of the above. And it does take work and it doesn't have to be that heavy, effortful. This is exhausting work because we're here to enjoy life and play and experience pleasure. But I think we live in a society in this modern world up until now, which I do think it's changing. Life doesn't really make it completely easy to be healthy, right? Like we work a lot. Our you know, our food system is very toxic. The soil is getting depleted of nutrients. In a lot of ways, being well takes a lot of intention and a lot of intentional choices each day. So I'll pause there. I know there was a lot I shared. I could go on and on about this forever.
0: Oh, yes. There was so much there that I want to unpack and dive into even more. One of the things that you mentioned was about trauma and a definition that I've heard recently that I think really helps people understand just the varying spectrum of trauma is that trauma is any Sort of break in our safety, especially when it goes unprocessed. So when we experience a break in our safety and it isn't processed, and that can be feelings of lack of belonging, that is a physical experience of rejection, which is actual pain that you feel in your body. And so I think that provides a good definition to be working on in terms of thinking about trauma and thinking about the trauma in your life. It's any break from personal safety that you've experienced. I also love that you mentioned that health, it's not just our physical health. How many people, especially right now in the new year, are focusing on diet and exercise, which is a component of our health. It's a component that we don't want to ignore, but there are so many other layers to our health that if those aren't getting attention, you can change your diet and your exercise Mm -hmm. all you want. And even to a point where it could be detrimental to your health, like over-exercise and over-restricting of your diet. And so I just love that you provide that picture of balance and that picture of this is what holistic, like whole health looks like. And so I would love for you to share with us what created some of those shifts for you in terms of starting to think of health more holistically? And where did you start? Mm -hmm. I can imagine you as this very energized and focused, like banking, sales executive, taking on the world. What created that shift and where did you start? So many people are in this position.
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And first, I just want to celebrate and say how much I love your definition of trauma. And I love that we're hearing more definitions of it too, because I think too many times when it comes to health, we think there's like black and white options and scenarios, but there's so many infinite shades of gray and it's different for different people. Like another definition I've heard that I really is it's just your nervous system's inability to cope with the demands that you're facing at a particular time. So for people that have an infection like Lyme disease or something that may not have traumatized them when they didn't have Lyme could potentially traumatize them because their system is working so hard to fight off this infection and deal with co-infections and all these things. So there are things in our life lifetime that maybe won't be traumatic at one point, but if we're dealing with a lot of other stressors, and so in a lot of ways, I like to define trauma as a lot of times just like too much stimulation and too many things that our body is focused on, like fighting off or dealing with, that takes us into fight or flight for too long. And that can cause trauma in of itself. But as far as like the first step or what was that first shift I made? And so it definitely was something that wasn't this like beautiful magic wand waved overnight thing when you're so used to operating in one way. It takes time to really rewire and first off to even pause and notice the patterns, maybe notice what is contributing to these symptoms you don't want or whatever it is that you're trying to change in your life. And so it takes the awareness. So I think for me, I always keep it really simple, especially when I'm working with clients is it comes down to two things, right? It comes down to anytime we're trying to change or pivot or evolve or shift, whether it's small or in big ways, it comes down to having awareness and that is done through being present moment to moment and then taking action that is aligned from that place of awareness. So aligned with values aligned with goals and intentions Um, align with how you want to feel. So what I call core desired feelings, Um, right? So we have the awareness side, the action side. And at any given season, we can be working on one. We can be working on both. Ideally, we're, we're doing some sort of evolution somewhere. So for me, a lot of it was just creating space in my life when historically I didn't really have much space. I was the person that literally would wake up in the morning, go to a breakfast, some sort of like breakfast event in town, go to client meetings all day, maybe have a, usually have a client lunch, then go to a happy hour or a client entertainment event or a charity function, both on weekdays and weekends. I would work out, but it was usually like hit training or like my life. If there was one word to describe my life, it was stimulation. It was just like, go, go. So I was not used to taking a pause like even the yoga classes I did were not yin yoga it was like power yoga hot yoga super fast flow so even in yoga outside of the two minutes in shavasana when my mind was probably racing I wasn't really taking that space so I think the best thing that anyone can do that's listening that is wanting to make a shift or is experiencing things that they maybe don't want to experience it's take some space, even if it's just five minutes a day, if that's all you have access to right now, and just sit with yourself, sit in silence. Meditation can be beautiful, but sometimes I think literally just sitting in silence and just noticing what's coming up for you. Now there's right and wrong ways to go about it. I'm not a trauma expert. And so somatic therapist and nervous system experts that would say meditation, for example, or mindfulness, for example, like being in your body for someone that has Chronic conditions or chronic anxiety could actually make it worse. So it's important that you like work with someone that really can support you and where Mm. you are. But for me, it was very much like what I needed was just to slow down, to notice my patterns. Through that, I was able to like it's it's always amazes me how quickly the universe wants to support us, and so the universe. Brought me a functional medicine doctor that I had just stumbled upon and she suggested that I meditate. And I, my dad had taught me meditation when I was younger and it was just never never something that I tapped into. And so I was like, okay, this probably I will do anything to feel better. So sure, let's do it. And so I started Mm -hmm. meditating using an app and then a few minutes a day, I was doing it like in the morning, in the evening, I tend to be like high achievement wired. And so since I was so focused on healing, I was like, I'm going to do this like multiple times a day. And so that led me to journaling a bit more and just like writing things out. And then pretty quickly, let's see, I had my first panic attack in August that like October, one of my favorite mm-hmm. yoga teachers in Chicago reached out to me very organically. Like I had not shared anything with her about what was going on, but she said, if you're interested, like we my teacher is hosting a yoga teacher training. And I had mm-hmm. always wanted to get certified to teach yoga just because I've always practiced it and I've always loved it. And so that turned into signing up for a yoga teacher certification, which like you're in it practicing, not only the asana, like the physical movement, but the deeper spiritual side of things. And so you're sitting a lot with yourself going deeper. And so Through that container, Mm -hmm. I manifested an opportunity to enroll in a nutrition program, which was really on my heart. All of this was really meant for me to one, learn so that I can now support people in these areas, but really to help with my own healing that I was moving through at that time. And so it's really amazing that once you create space for yourself, whatever that looks like for you, the universe really does start to conspire (laughs) with you to co-create with you And give you those little breadcrumbs. And so it's like, unless we're being aware and present, we can't necessarily hear the downloads or see the breadcrumbs. But when we are taking space each day to notice and to zoom out and to like step outside of the attachment that we have to maybe what's happening that we don't want to happen, which for me at the time was a lot of physical symptoms like bloating, super, like a lot of fatigue and like all the hormonal things you can think about I was having. And so to be able to step outside of those, which isn't always easy and to say like, maybe there's like a bigger reason this is happening. And then I started to have crazy, it was a crazy synchronicities. Like my favorite one in the whole world is, I don't know if you're familiar with the shine app. It used to be called shine text and it wasn't even an app at first back in 2016. It was literally, they would just text you. And they would text you some sort of like uplifting message each morning. And usually that message would link to some sort of like article or something that would dive a bit deeper into it. There was one day I remember I drove out to the Chicago suburbs for an early client meeting. I was early. It was raining. It was like super dreary Chicago, Midwest day. And I was just like bawling my eyes out because I was to a point where I like was so I just was my body was rejecting the career I was in where I would get this visceral Reaction when I would get ready to go into client meetings where my body was just like not having it. And so I remember calling my mom and crying, and just like she was like talking me through it and being really supportive. And I got off the phone with her. And right off, I got right after I hung up with her, I got the the Shine text for the day. And I clicked on the link and I read it. And normally I wouldn't, sometimes they would have like additional articles linked. And normally I wouldn't click on those, but I don't know, one just spoke to me and I clicked on it and I started reading. And it was literally God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, speaking to me. It literally said, like, you have to leave Chicago. Like, you are going to be stuck in this banking career. It was insane. And I, I like, scrolled and looked. And at the time, I had really had Austin to move to Austin on my heart to start my business. And I kept reading. And two sentences later, it was like, you just need to, you just need to, like, take the jump like move to Austin, start the company, like end the relationship, like everything I needed to do at the time or wanted to do. And I'm like, what in the world? What is going on? Who wrote this? And I'm like scrolling and the journalist was like based in New York. Like she didn't seem to have any ties. It was just like, clearly she was using these cities and these examples, just like as examples, but it was literally my exact scenario. And I was like, if that's not divine guidance, I don't know what is. And It was just a sign for me. But I feel like a lot of those things wouldn't have happened had I not been able to slow down and create the space and really start to get intentional about just witnessing and observing what was happening like inside of me and also around me.
0: Yes. And there's just so much power in mindfulness. And I can so relate to being in that autopilot over-functioning drive and Personally, when I get into that space, I completely go on autopilot, disassociate, and I'm just like in achiever mode. And recently, so I'm going through a 12-step program called Al-Anon and I have a sponsor and my sponsor and I were talking and it's just funny how even when you know this, you can Mm -hmm. still fall back into those patterns sometimes. Last weekend, I was like, I'm going to have a self-care day. My self-care day was like comprised of me like driving a Goodwill to find a frame for a piece of art and then doing my nails, doing my hair, going to a yeah. restaurant. And I was like, this is self-care. But that is how I think society talks about self-care is buy yourself <clears> that <throat> thing, go get your nails done. And it's mm-hmm. all action oriented. And a lot of it's very external. And so I love that what you share is like, The type of self care that allows us to check in with ourselves. For me, when I first started doing that, being a anxiety driven, like over functioner, it was difficult. And so, Mm -hmm. I do think that it's important if you are in this place of like nervous system and overdrive, constant fight or flight experience, to seek out help from a professional. Because when you sit with yourself, some things might come up that you that you need to process with another person. And I think that is a really important note because especially for those who've experienced really extreme trauma or trauma in general, sitting alone with yourself can be hard and that's why we avoid it. I also love that you share that there has to be that alignment. I've also experienced when my career is just completely out of alignment with my personal purpose and that creates spiritual, it's extreme, but like death Mm -hmm. creates this like spiritual just like emptiness. And so you had shared in your first um, section, you had shared about stuck emotions Mm. and, and how emotions can get stuck, especially when we experience trauma or we're in fight or flight and not processing the things that are happening around us because we simply can't. We're giving ourselves so much stimulation that we can't process this all at one time. Like process overload. How does life bring opportunities for us to get those emotions unstuck? How do we see those opportunities and how how do we go through that process of yeah. releasing those emotions? I would love for you to share a little bit about that experience and and the kind of yeah. the how for that. Yeah, I
1: love that question. I'm actually moving through this right now myself because I like you, Elizabeth, and definitely wired, like my default historically has been that to, you know, overachieved, like my self-care is like doing all these things. And I'm like, wait, I'm not even really restored at the end of the day. Cause I was just driving all over the place to get these self-care appointments done. And so I think ultimately when it comes to moving things out of our body, right? If you think, if you study Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, if you study quantum physics, a little bit of neurobiology, you realize as humans, like we are mostly energy (laughs) and emotions. I like to say are energy in motion. And so our job as the vessels, the keepers of the energy and everything that's happening in our bodies is to help our body move and process those emotions, like as they're coming up, so ideally, and this might not be you immediately. So I'm going to talk about both sides of this coin, but ideally we are able to create proactive space ideally daily, because let's face it, this world is I I always tell my fiance, like, I feel like there's days where I just feel literally the entire full spectrum range of emotions. I like am deep in joy and gratitude in my morning meditation, like crying happy tears. And then I'm like frustrated about something. And I'm like, as humans, it's normal to feel all these different emotions, especially for women or people that identify as that and are menstruating and are moving through this, you know, cycle where your hormones are changing. It's very normal to feel feelings. Okay. So ideally, if we're feeling our feelings each day, we're ideally processing and creating some sort of space for that processing to happen and to release. So some of my favorite practical tools for that are breath work. There's different types of breath work. I find that the the kind that like really gets things up and moving is like holotropic breathing. I would say if it's your first time doing that, definitely have a guided professional guide you through that session, whether it's virtually or in person, because it can bring up a lot of, you're essentially creating like hyperventilation in your body but it's crazy what happens, like you feel, Hot, you might feel freezing and shiver, you might shake, you might laugh, you might cry. And it's your body literally physically releasing it in a way that you can't intellectualize. I think a lot of times we try to intellectualize, myself included, these things. And we're like, well, if I think it up here, then it's happening. And that's like mindset is part of it, but it's really getting into your body and doing that deeper somatic work. And breath work is one of the best ways to do that. Breath work, certain types of meditation, not like just traditional mindfulness. Meditation, but meditation like transcendental meditation or meditation that like really gets you out of your body and kind of into that like quantum field. As right now I'm deeper into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, so he talks a lot about that. So he would be a good resource for that if you're open to trying energy healing or someone that can help guide your energy. Certainly would want to make sure you really trust that person. Anytime someone's working on your you know personal Mm -hmm. intimate energy field, you want to make sure that there are. They are of the highest integrity and have really good clean energy. But I work with a Reiki practitioner who Elizabeth knows on a regular basis to just like get my energy centers balanced and and feeling like they're flowing properly. But I would say like one of the easiest free ones, unless you're going to pay to have someone lead you through the session is, is that breath work. The other piece, I think, so that's obviously proactive, right? I think if you're someone that maybe hasn't tapped into these tools yet, but it's binding, and maybe it's through like physical pain. A lot of times physical pain is really just emotions that get trapped in in a part of our body is just starting somewhere. And I think one of the best ways to start moving things through your body is to work with a body work practitioner, someone that's trained in what's called myofascial release. There's different techniques within that body of work, but what they're essentially doing is they're getting into the fascia the fascia is deeper than the tissue. It's deeper than the muscle. It's deeper than what you would get in a traditional massage. And it's really slow. They're usually holding their hands on you in one particular place for sometimes minutes. And it's so light, but because they're getting to the fascial level, you'll start to feel, or maybe it feels really intense. Mm, like mine yes. feels really intense, usually around my solar plexus. In that space, like where your diaphragm meets and your rib cage meets, like right, probably like about six inches above your belly button. I get really, I get a lot of tension and like tightness in that area. And when I have someone working on me, I can actually feel like different emotions coming up. Sometimes I'll feel it in my throat. If you've ever had that ball in your throat feeling that feels like really gut-wrenching anxiety. I've had that come up in sessions and it's coming up because it's wanting to be felt and processed. And so it's, while it's uncomfortable, a lot of times, it's actually a really good sign that your body is like is releasing it. And so being able to like breathe into those spaces where you're feeling that. And that's why working with an expert is great because they're going to guide and cue you through that. Then being able to continue to be prepared to process maybe days after body work or something like that. Journaling intentionally, maybe you had memories come up. Oftentimes memories come up We want to make sure we're in a safe space to process those memories. But it's really because we're meant to learn something from those or just release them because maybe we've been holding on to them. And so, yeah, body work and breath work are two of the best. I think a lot of times there's certainly things we can do on our own. And then I think there's certain times, especially if it's been built up, building up for years and years where it really makes sense to get someone you really trust and are excited to work with and to have them support and guide you through releasing a lot of those things. Yeah,
0: thank you for sharing those tools. I think they are really helpful and honestly some things that I want to check out as well. I remember we were talking about this recently, this topic recently, just during one of our catch-up calls and you had given me this perspective that I hadn't really thought about before in terms of releasing some of those stuck emotions. And I think that a lot of, people, me included, at times, want to avoid feeling those feelings. And so we don't really lean into Mm -hmm. opportunities to experience the emotion and even more think of these opportunities to experience more emotion as negative. Mm -hmm. So I've had people share with me like, oh, I'm in therapy now, but I feel more. Like, why am I feeling more? I thought I was supposed to be able to feel Mm -hmm. less. And yeah, I think that in truth, like the goal is to feel more if 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 your goal mm-hmm. is to overcome some of these patterns of disassociating and just living life on autopilot and really tap into your potential, like that's also tapping into your full potential of emotion and experience of this world. And so for me, like I did become more sensitive to life's experiences and feel things more deeply and to me that was beautiful but at first it was difficult and i remember the reason why this topic came up with us is because i was in a new relationship that was like so exciting and still am in this relationship just for those listening and following along but it was bringing up triggers and i wasn't sure if that was a positive or negative thing and you gave me a beautiful metaphor that i think you got from a book but it really helps. And so I'd love if you yeah. would share that with the audience, just some of these natural experiences that we might have in life that give us opportunities to heal. And how do we distinguish between, okay, this is this is a positive thing that's going to lead to more growth and even use mm-hmm. it as a positive thing that's going to lead to more growth. I'd love for you to just elaborate a little bit more on that, on triggers and how they can be used for our growth.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. So I have so many things that I want to share here. So I, I want to leave listeners with there's a distinction between feeling an emotion or a feeling and feeling a reaction to an emotion or a series of reactions to an emotion. I think a lot of times, the feelings that like we get so caught up in is actually because there's some other emotion or feeling that really wants to be felt, and we're not feeling it. We're like resisting going there. And so we have this like reaction to those things, and that is when it just feels or it can feel like, if we're, if we're conscious to it, if we're unconscious to it, we might not necessarily realize it. That's when it can start to feel like, oh, like just heavy. And is this ever going to end. And it's maybe we're just not really feeling the actual emotion that wants to be felt. So again, just like distinguishing between the average lifespan of an emotion is 90 seconds. And if you're feeling something like super consistently way longer than that, there might just be a sign that, again, there's a deeper emotion underneath. So I'll give you an example. So like anxiety, anxiety is actually a very future oriented, productive emotion that our brain kind of activates inside of us because it wants to problem solve because our brain is a problem solving machine. Our brain wants to keep us alive at all costs. That's what it's wired for. And so if we're feeling anxiety, just didn't come out of nowhere, right? Like usually there's something underneath the anxiety. Usually in my experience, it's fear of some sort. So being able to recognize that, oh, there's actually fear underneath this. And can I sit with myself and just maybe name what I'm afraid of? And then it has less power. And then maybe we automatically just not, we stop feeling anxious or we don't feel as anxious because we've actually got to the root of it and we've named it. Frustration is another one. Like a lot of times frustration or anger will come after anxiety. And it's like, we're not just feeling frustrated or anxious for anger for no reason. It's like, usually there's one or two emotions underneath that. And that takes practice to like really get more accustomed because we all feel these things in different ways. Like anxiety is going to feel different. It might show up in a different part of my body than it does for you, Elizabeth. It's different for all of us. One other thing that was coming to mind when you were sharing that is if you think of a coin, grief, sadness, anxiety, all of these feelings, what I say, information that maybe are more unwanted, right? That are unpleasant, that are uncomfortable, are really on Just the backside of the coin of joy and love and pleasure, and all these things that we do want to feel more of. So, we can only feel joy, happiness, awe, wonder, these beautiful, rich emotions that I think all of us can agree we want to feel more of. We can only feel those to the same extent that we're able to feel these darker emotions that can feel more challenging. So I know it's not always easier, like to know that in the moment, but like having that perspective, just moving through life is that like, when I'm feeling these really uncomfortable emotions, I find that when I just sit there with it and like really focus on where in my body am I feeling it, letting myself just melt into the discomfort of it. And that might literally be like taking a deep breath and releasing your shoulders or noticing where you're gripping maybe in your jaw. And like literally cueing your body that it's safe to feel that emotion. And usually once you release and surrender into it, it goes away pretty quickly. Like it dissolves pretty quickly because it just wants to be felt. But the more we resist, the more it's going to persist and build and get stronger and stronger. So I think having that perspective of, oh, I'm feeling these really intense emotions, but that also means that I get to feel these beautiful emotions even more deeply than maybe I once did because I'm now tapped in, I used to be a pretty emotional person, like growing up, like I would be able to access sadness and cry like pretty easily. And then I went through this period of time when I was, I would say like a little bit in college, but really after college, when I started that banking career where I was just like, so in my masculine that I, there was a time where I couldn't really remember like the last time I had really cried in a way that like felt, we've all been there where it's like, we don't want to be upset about the thing, but it feels really good to just let it out and cry. And I hadn't had that in so long. And it was because I had gotten so disconnected from feeling on that regular basis because I was just so stimulated. And when I sat with myself and really just let myself start to feel again, like now I can tap into tears of sadness, but also tears of joy and gratitude, like pretty easily without forcing it, like it just comes Mm. and happens. So I would, I would share that. And then I think the last thing is I think our society definitely a lot of shifts happening, but I think also recognizing that for the longest time, we've been living in a very masculine dominated world where feelings aren't first. And it's, there's all these, beliefs that get stuck in our brains programming if you will because we've heard these things our whole life like little boys don't cry right like how many times have we heard on tv or whatever and you and I Elizabeth aren't aren't men but just think what that Mm -hmm. does to men who then get disconnected from, you know, their feelings too. And I think we we are shifting into more feminine archetypes and more feminine ways of approaching business and life and even in the workplace, but it definitely probably is not going to be an overnight thing because we didn't get here overnight. So just know that in some ways like the world isn't necessarily structured and wired for like a feelings first approach, but there's a reason that you are in the experience you're having because you might be here on this planet at this time to help guide the shift towards that. So you can be a leader. You can be a role model for others that maybe you're afraid or have been trouble accessing their feelings. I know when my partner is vulnerable with me, which he's actually really good at. It makes me want to be more vulnerable and then vice versa. So a lot of times we just need that invitation and someone to model to us that it's okay to go there and it's safe and just reminding your primitive brain that like you're not going yeah. to die. Like the worst thing that could happen is not going to happen if you, you know express those feelings or even just feel that. A lot of times when you're getting started, this isn't necessarily like shout them out to the world. Like you can do this in your own bubble and container by yourself. And then as you feel more comfortable sharing with loved ones or sharing with people close to you to, again, you know, inspire them to do the same, then you can do that when you feel called and ready and when it feels safe to do that. So it's just a process, right? So it's just like anything in life. We just need to practice. When there is discomfort coming up, I usually just say like, not that again, within reason, right? If you've had like major trauma, like you definitely want to work with someone that can help guide you through this. But in general, when there's discomfort, it's because there's a lesson, an opportunity, growth or something really beautiful that's calling to be unlocked. And to me, it's it's a good sign. I'm like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, this sucks right now. And I'm pissed, I'm angry. Like name all the things you're feeling and then be like, oh, but there's some beautiful reason that this is happening. And I can guarantee you, things that in everyone that's listening, things that have happened in your life, even the really terrible things, loss, grief, really awful things that no one would wish on anyone. I can guarantee that you grew, you learned, maybe there was some hidden opportunity. There's just always some sort of divine blessing, even if it feels like there isn't. And, and sometimes it's just that you're meant to go through this so that maybe you can be, like I said, a, a role model or someone that can guide and support others that will eventually move through something similar. So you become this teacher and this support system for someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I agree with that in the sense that our lives don't just happen. I, I do think that there are there is a purpose. And I love that you share that these beautiful emotions are on the other side of this coin. For me, often when I feel that fear, like you said, when you name it and you face it, you take your power back. And it's like this opportunity To experience this growth, to get to this next level, and just to make a no. Oftentimes, for me, the distinguish the distinguishing factor is like: is this re-traumatizing or is this triggering? Because re-traumatizing, you don't want to go down that road. Yes, um, or I don't. That's not my philosophy. But if it's just triggering me, if it's just bringing up the fear, that's an opportunity for me to take my power back from this past situation that is coming up right now and I get to face it now. And I think that's really beautiful. And it gives me a whole new perspective on being triggered. One that also is explained in the untethered soul, your triggers are Mm -hmm. like a thorn. And if you don't expose them and, and let them heal and in a natural way, then you'll always have that thorn in your side.
1: But instead, yeah. if you
0: take the opportunity to heal it, then you can walk other people through that healing. You can share with other people, the growth and opportunity that can come through this honestly, really terrible experience that you went through. So mm-hmm. thank you for offering that perspective. I think it's really beautiful. I also wanted to ask, and know that we're coming towards the end of our time here, how has all of this helped you step into what you're doing now in coaching entrepreneurs and other coaches and, and business leaders? to step into this in their work. I know that we've talked a lot about masculine and feminine and just for everyone out there, a book that Kate recommended to me that I've absolutely loved was Shakti Leadership. But tell me a little bit about the work that you do with your clients to get them to this limitless life and how can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, thanks, Elizabeth. Before I answer that question, one thing I that came up for me as you were sharing that, that I was like, I would regret if I didn't share this, is that, and this is where physical comes back into play that we were talking about earlier, like so much focus on physical, is if you're finding that you are like having chronic anxiety and you're doing these tools, go get blood work done, right? Go get micronutrient testing done. If you are deficient in vitamin D, which most of us are, if you're not supplementing or vitamin B, that can have a huge impact on things like anxiety. And then- you might just need extra support from a supplemental perspective. There's a uh, genetic mutation that's really common. It's called MTHR. It's a certain gene. And about 50% of the population has like a mutation of that gene where they don't methylate properly, meaning their body can't convert. I think it's folate, to folic acid to folate. I always forget and get which one is it trying to convert to. And how that manifests is that our body isn't like able to really leverage B vitamins that we might be getting from foods. And so B vitamins are really important for energy, for mood regulation, things like that. The physical does have a place, right? In our gut health and 90% of our neurotransmitters that control our mood get produced from our gut, not our brain. So just being able to actually look at that whole picture and know when to tap into the emotional, the trauma work, et cetera. And then, hey, I'm doing this work and I'm not seeming to get a ton of relief maybe there is just something going on and I just need some extra nutrients or something like that. So sometimes it can be quite as simple as that. Yeah. So as far as the work I do now, so it's so funny, right? I always believe that your purpose continues to grow and evolve as you grow and evolve. Like your purpose isn't one thing. We will have many different purposes in this lifetime, some for longer seasons, some for shorter seasons. And so when I left banking I retired from baking, I say, and I took time off. I really needed to focus on my my physical healing, getting my body back in order. I wanted to travel abroad for about four months. And then I moved to Austin with my younger sister from Chicago. And I really wanted to just be. For the first time in my life, I just wanted to be, which was still really hard. Because when you're traveling, it's like, I wanted to have an agenda and a schedule. And so it was really a good opportunity to practice just being. But then I knew that my purpose now was to take all this that I've learned, this transformation, and bring that back into the workplace. And so around 2017, I really started focusing on helping teams within companies to build resilience and to really think about health and well being more holistically and not just think about it, but actually implement it and move it into the action side of things. And while my background is in finance and and business strategy and go to market and relationship management and consulting and a lot of these like really traditional business modalities, I really started feeling called in 2020 to marry the two. And that was really the catalyst for me to start coaching other business owners, other entrepreneurs, people that are leading their own coaching business that want to make a tremendous impact in the world want to implement the business strategies and learn those strategies. Like strategy is one of my favorite things. I love seeing how the puzzle pieces fit together and getting to root causes and being able to like create messaging that really speaks and lands to that in someone's heart and soul. And then I wanted to marry that with all the passion I have for wellness. And so while I think I'm someone who loves and can definitely, you know, speak to a lot of the wellness side of things. Like I'm not a certified trauma healer. I'm not a functional medicine doctor, even though I know a lot about these fields. I feel like my zone of genius really is more on the business side of things. And I really just love helping other health and wellness, human development, self-development, leadership development, mindset, like all these experts in the human centric space that are meant to be doing that thing like hands-on with people, doing that healing work, doing that coaching, etc. I really want to be the coach for those people and help them. And I've always, even when I was in banking, one of the first segments that I worked in was with what they referred to as commercial size businesses. So not small businesses, but like 10 to 30 million in annual revenue, usually like a first, second, or third generation owned family business. I was usually working with the founders and I have always loved working with really creative, resilient, just like entrepreneurs that sometimes it's hard to describe the energy that you get when you're around those people. But I love working with those types of people that are really creative, that are just doing the thing. And so for me, at least in this season of life, it really feels right that I'm coaching and supporting and helping those people and bringing in not only the business strategy, but also this perspective of our nervous system, right? Because our nervous system doesn't just play a role in health and wellness. I always say it's one of the biggest opportunities to grow wealth and to have the career and business of our dreams. because. We can only have what our nervous system feels safe to have. So if we have unhealed trauma or trapped emotions, it's not going to just affect our health and well-being. It's certainly going to affect our ability to manifest the results we want in finances and in business and career and our relationships. So it truly is this through thread through what I believe is everything we experience and do in life. And so I get really jazzed and really excited to be able to support people in this way. So the main ways that I'm working with clients now, I have a very small, limited number of private clients that I work with for six to 12 months at a time. I run a signature group program called the Corporate Client Academy, which is an accelerator to help primarily women, business owners, coaches, healers, et cetera, that want to start moving into the corporate space or what I call the B2B Client space. So, not only just getting clients online, but working with teams, maybe giving keynotes, doing transformational coaching programs, things that really have a broader impact and reach. And then I also do VIP days and retreats in person. So, I'm getting excited to hopefully do more of those this year because I'm feeling called to connect with people more and more in person as things, you know, hopefully start to normalize in 2022 and just to be able to serve people in a deeper way, I think it's amazing what technology can do to keep us connected virtually and there's no substitution for that in-person connection. So I'm excited to serve my clients and community in that way this year.
0: It is so amazing to just see how much your business has grown and how much you have honed in on your personal purpose and mission and focus. And I can just say for anyone out there, if you're interested in, you know, really unlocking the potential of your business. Like I would highly recommend Kate, not only just for the business outcomes that you'll see, but for the personal outcomes, like even just being your friend, Kate, honestly has been very transformative for me. So I'm so excited to share that we're, I'm going to be able to share a little bit of that magic with the listeners here. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Elizabeth. This has been magical. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation Conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.